Hey, you guys, we got to tell you about Brez Coffee Company. Made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium, Holy Grail Light, or Stamina Boost. I like the iCast Fireball mixed flavor, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. If you like dark roast like I do, then try the Critical Dark or the Coo Slayer Mocha Roast. Can't decide what you need for those all-night gaming sessions? Why don't you try one of their specialty sample packs? All roasts are made with fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to BrezCoffeeCo.com. That's B-R-E-Z-C-O-F-F-E-E-C-O.com and enter the code NCR at checkout for 10% off your order. Amazing! Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is and you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. It is, isn't it? <laughs> I feel like we haven't talked in a few weeks, but we have. You weren't here for the last show. We actually saw each other in person. Yeah, we did. A couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah, Pentacon was yeah. this last weekend. And, it, it's uh, been... It was tiring, to say the least. Yeah, it's been a very long couple of weeks. You know, we finally um, ended the the twelve game homestand on Sunday, and I was telling you before we started recording. You know, I, one of my jobs is I have to climb up a scaffolding before every game to set up our center field camera, and I got about halfway up the scaffolding, and I just like physically felt done. Like I was just so so tired, and I I will. I'll go ahead and apologize to the the listeners for because next week we're releasing the Nerd Cave Retro panel for this show and defending bad movies 3D for the Derek Diamond experience. I, I like I had a lot of fun doing them, but man, I felt so tired during that entire weekend. It's just it was it's been a whirlwind. Yeah. And thankfully, I've had a couple of days off, so. I've had some some time regret. Like I feel fine now, but even Monday, like I felt so tired, I felt sick. Yeah, I, I know how you feel. I, I on Saturday, I think at like like two or three o'clock, I looked at my step counter and I was already at like eleven thousand steps. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. And so uh, after the the panel Sunday morning. When Nate McGuire's afterwards, and then I was headed home. Like I couldn't do it physically, do any more by Sunday. Yeah, after the game ended on Sunday, we went to to Perfect Plane to get a drink, and then we were like, you know what, we're we're still downtown, so might as well 
go to McGuire's and had the uh, the shepherd's pie. Yeah, and it was it was it was quite good. Then had the leftovers the next day for lunch. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was I, it was I, quite good. I had the uh, the French dip and uh, saved half of it. And I was gonna save it for the next day, but I had to eat the rest of it when I got home Sunday. <laughs> I couldn't help it. So good. Uh, no, no fault on you for that. <laughs> you, I've never had the French dip, but I can only imagine that it's really good. Uh-huh. I mean, I haven't had anything bad from that restaurant, so get it next time you go. It's I, I, it, I highly recommend it. No, I will. I definitely will. Talva, how things been going besides uh, going to Pensacon? Uh, pretty good, I actually. Um, last night. Uh, I finished um, Castlevania season four on Netflix, and um, I, I I liked this last season. It was a little slow to start, but man, the last three or three episodes were just like action packed, man. And uh, finally, you get to see our three heroes, you know, Alucard, uh, Sypha, and and uh, Trevor back together again to fight. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it who the the main villain is, but uh, let's just say that by the end of it, like it, it's got a very good ending to the entire story. And if they leave it here, I'm fine. Like it, it was a nice bow on the entire story. So I feel like if they do move forward, I hope they do go uh, do maybe a time jump and move forward to the time of Simon, which would be the, you know, the, the logical next step would be the Simon Belmont story. So I'm interested to see if they're going to keep going, which I hope they do. But if they don't, I feel like, you know, these four seasons were a nice, a nice story, uh, you know, over these four seasons and it, it ended pretty good. I like the way it ended. Yeah, I need to watch it. I, I really liked the first three seasons. And to be honest, I completely forgot that the new season was out. So I, I definitely need to check it out. I, I did watch, um, I'm caught up on, I don't know if you've watched Superman and Lois on the CW, but it's surprisingly very good. I hear uh, like it's Superman's good. not my Superman's not my favorite comic book character because I think it's really hard to make that character compelling to like an everyday person. Yeah. But they go... To me, they go in a very different direction than they have in any other Superman show or movie that's been done. And I I would recommend checking it out. Like, all the episodes are on the the CW website, so I'd recommend checking it out. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. I've been wanting to check it out. I just haven't had time. Um, I I still have to finish. I got got to watching Superstore over the last few weeks, so I've been kind of addicted to that show. And then, of course, Castlevania dropped last week, so I had to watch that. And uh, so once that's done, I think I'm going to go ahead and start on the uh, Superman and Lois, because I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, the cast is great. The storyline has been really interesting so far, so I definitely recommend it. I I did... Yesterday, I started another playthrough of Link to the Past, which I haven't done in quite some time. So <laughs> it, it's it's been fun to go back and revisit that game. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm going to pause for one moment. And we're back. We had a, a little hiccup with uh, with the Discord, but we're back. And um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I, 
I think that's about really it. Other than Pensacon, I mean, I just haven't. I've just been working a lot and um, haven't really had a chance to play too much. I've been still trying to get through Resident Evil Seven because I do want to get eight, and um, I think I'm pretty close to the end. I'm not sure, so we'll see in the next couple of days. Tomorrow night is my first night off, like night free, in over a week and a half. So tomorrow night is going to be video game time and junk food for me <laughs> no understandable i'm looking yeah i have to, to yeah i have to work an event tomorrow night but then i've got friday i just do normal nine to five hours and then i have a three-day weekend so sweet i got a three-day weekend could be, too could be a, a pretty nice uh pretty nice holiday weekend and then next week start games back again but it, it'll be a little bit easier now that the beginning of the season's over and it'll pretty much alternate, you know, I'll have a week of games, then a week off and then so on and so forth. So yeah, we'll be, won't be as bad. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to play next after. Um, I mean, cause I'm going to play things other than link to the past, but I don't know what my next review will be quite yet. We'll, uh, we'll have to see. Yeah. I got a lot of things on my list. I need to get to, um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do next yet either, so I guess I need to figure that out soon. If Maybe. anybody has a suggestion of what they'd like me to review, I know a lot of people have been wanting me to review stuff, and I can't remember it at the moment. So if you want me to review something that I haven't touched on yet, just jump in the Discord and uh, let me know what you want me to review. Yeah, I think I we should review... Like a PS2 game. I know so people have been asking for that hmm. for quite a while. I'm going to leave that up. I, I know. <laughs> okay. Then I, I think I I may still have. Yeah, because I, I want my first PS2 review to be Jack and Daxter. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I still have that game. I'll have to look and see. But if not, I'm sure I can find a copy for really cheap somewhere. Yeah, I don't even have like a PlayStation or PlayStation 2 or anything like that. So. And uh, actually, I, I got um, PS Plus uh, subscription um, from who? I uh, forgot. Real. Let me look on. Uh, oh, come on. I think it was Axeblade that sent it to me. I want to give him a shout out on the show here. Let me look up my message. Yeah, it was Axeblade sent me a uh, sent me a few months of uh, PS Plus. So thank you to him for that. And. Uh, my birthday nice. is coming up Friday, so it will be put to good use. Oh. And, uh, so, yeah, Friday is going to be video game day, too. Well, happy early birthday. Thank you. So are you ready to go into the news? Yeah, we got a lot of it. Yes, we do. This came to us from a couple of people, uh, Tyler Watson and Carlos Longoria. I am the Rampage. Uh, from NintendoLife.com, one of the rarest Mega Man titles is getting a physical reprint. Uh, Mega Man may have made his name on the NES, but one of the rarest and most desirable products to showcase his moniker isn't on a Nintendo system, but a Sega one. Mega Man The Wily Wars arrived in 1994 but was only released physically in Europe and Japan. In North America, it was exclusive to the Sega Channel cable service. 
Today, the price of the European and Japanese editions are sky high, but thankfully, Retrobit has secured the rights to republish the game along with a bunch of goodies, including an interchangeable sleeve, poster, and sticker collection. The game itself will come on a transparent blue cartridge, which houses a 5-volt chip, battery backup, gold-plated contacts, and beveled insert points. Uh, contains the first three Mega Man games released on the NES, um, as well as an all-new unlockable game, but features updated visuals and sound. Um, if you purchase the Mega Drive Mini, then you'll know it was included as part of that console's library of games. Uh, it will be on sale uh, June until uh, from May 21st through June 21st. The game will cost $69.99. And uh, look at all the cool stuff that comes with it. Man, this is uh, very, very tempting. I'll be completely honest. Like, I'm not a huge Mega Man fan, but for that price and seeing what all comes with it, I think it's definitely worth it. Oh, yeah. It's even got the old school uh, Genesis clamshell case. Oh, hell yeah. I love the artwork. Mm Mm-hmm. From this era of Mega Man. Like, it looks very anime-esque. Yeah. But I think it's perfect. I, I, I'm i interested, because I, I think I've heard of the, the Wily Wars game. But, you know, I've never played it, because I my experience with Mega Man has been very limited. But it sounds really cool, and I, I think any, like, Mega Man fan should definitely pick this up. Because for $70, mm-hmm. all the stuff you get, easy easy decision i think you know what i, I i've never played i never played the uh and i have the genesis mini and i've never played the uh the mm-hmm. mega man stuff on there so i need to go do that i'm so used to just playing it on the you nes should. and the super nintendo and it's kind of weird playing it on a sega console i would think but we'll see uh, that's understandable I'll be honest, I haven't fired up any of the, the mini consoles that I have in a while. Yeah, Part ge- of it is I just haven't had time, but... Yeah. My Genesis but, yeah. Mini has quite a bit of dust on it. I need to take care of that. Yeah, I haven't played it since whatever the last game was that I reviewed that happened to be on it. Yeah. But either way, like the, this Mega Man collection looks really cool. Our next story comes to us from NintendoLife.com. This also comes to us from Armez Jackson, so shout out to Armez. He actually sent us quite a few articles Mm -hmm. this week. Uh, Someone is trying to recreate (laughs) Counter-Strike on the Nintendo DS. If you were one of the many people enjoying PC gaming in the year 2000, the same year we saw the release of Rare's Perfect Dark on the N64, one of the titles you might have played is Valve's original online team-based FPS, Counter-Strike. Although this game never got released on a Nintendo platform, French YouTuber Funity, I'm probably butchering that name, so I apologize, (laughs) uh, is is now using the Nitro engine to recreate the original Counter-Strike on the Nintendo DS. The latest build shows off the new touch control aiming system and also provides a brief look at the iconic map D dot D underscore dust two. And you can see an early build of a weapon along with some sound effects that have been ripped from the actual game. And there's a, a couple of different YouTube videos that you can watch on this article. I feel like this is now becoming a weekly tradition where either this old game is resurrected 
or a new game is made for a older generation console. Yeah. And this to me is just like the latest in the Rolodex that's being <laughs> built of that. I've never played uh, Counter-Strike. Did you ever play it? No, I know of the title, but I never played it. I, I, I was never into PC gaming, so I, know it was I never a, played it. I know it was a big deal back then, but I just never have played it. I hear so many people talk about, you know, get nostalgic about it, and I, I'm, I've just never played it. I mean, there are so many games that have, you know, cult followings like this and uh -huh. many others that, like, you hear people talk about it, but then you're just like, yeah, I just never, never got around to it. I know. People still play it's it. It's really cool, <laughs> though, that they're, I mean, it's cool that they're doing this, though. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This is also from Armez Jackson uh, from NintendoLife.com. Classics-inspired Metroidvania in existence rebirth lands on Switch next month. If you're a fan of Metroidvanias, and who isn't, you might want to keep an eye out for In Existence Rebirth when it launches for the Switch. Uh, developed and published by Click Team, the game is said to let players explore a vast world of mysteries and action. The team notes that it is inspired by the 16-bit classics of the genre, and the Switch release marks the first time it's arrived on console following a launch on PC last summer. Uh, the official description is Hald and his sister were cho chosen by the gods to be keepers. Their shared duty is to maintain order and balance in the world, but peace was not something everyone desired. Klaus, or Kleos, a man filled with dark purpose, decides to plunge Hald's sister in a deep slumber and break the balance. Hald begins his quest to find Kleos, I guess that's how you say that, and break the spell, throwing him into a vast world full of mystery and danger. And I really... Really like the way this looks. It looks like it's straight off the Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got the big enemies. It, it's yes. kind of a got that uh, you know that Castlevania look to it. Uh, almost um, maybe like a Ghosts and Goblins look to it as well. Yeah, this would have fit right in on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Like, everything from the character sprites to the backgrounds. Like, the backgrounds look surprisingly really detailed, like, with the the brick walls, and you see, like, the castle halls in the background and everything. It, yeah. It looks really cool. Kinda, uh, I kind of want to change my Twitter name to Kleos now. It's yeah. such a cool name. <laughs> it's only going to be eight ninety nine. <laughs> so if you're interested in this type of game, I might actually throw down the uh, 9 bucks for this. It looks very, very up my alley. Same. Yeah, we should we should both get this and do a co-review of it. Yeah, I got $10, $10 burning a hole in my uh, my Switch uh, wallet. There's just a little $10 bill peeking out of my wallet saying, yeah. spend me. <laughs> spend me. Let's see. This also comes to us from Armes Jackson and also from NintendoLife.com. Nintendo Life's getting a lot of publicity. Yeah, they are. From the show this week. Limited Run announces two Double Dragon physical releases for Switch. Physical distributor Limited Run Games has announced not one, but two Double Dragon releases for the Switch. First up is the 2017 release Double Dragon 4, and joining it is the 2020 Switch game Double Dragon Neon. Both titles will receive a standard physical release, including just the game, for 30 bucks and a special classic edition. 
Four's Classic Edition will be priced at $69.99, and Neon's Classic Edition will set you back $84.99. There will be a four-week pre-order period for all these games starting on May 28th. Uh, the Double Dragon 4 Classic Edition features Billy and Jimmy keychains, the original soundtrack on a mini CD in a retro cartridge case, and more. And then uh, Double Dragon Neon will be available in a slamming Classic Edition featuring lots of goodies like Billy and Jimmy figurines and a real double or a real Dragon Kick soda can. Standard <laughs> and Classic Editions will be available for yeah four-week pre-order starting May 28th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Dude, this looks great. That's a and lot of money to throw down. Yeah, but it's got like an actual cassette soundtrack. Dude, the the um, Nintendo game case for the mini CD soundtrack is freaking awesome. It is. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's There's a lot of really cool stuff that comes with this. I like the cassette rewinder, and it's a pencil. <laughs> ah, the struggle was real. Uh, there's only one thing missing from this release, and that is a copy of the Double Dragon movie. Oh, I know. <laughs> I would actually be okay with that. <laughs> kidding. Uh, I know uh, I Am No Rampage uh, no, would, this... would be all for this because he loves the the neon, Double Dragon neon. I mean, the case to that just looks... Like, the Jungle Dragon 4 case, like I'm talking about like the, the giant box, looks really cool, but that neon one with the two dragons on it, the red and the blue one... Yeah. Man, that would make a great poster. I know. It looks great. And yeah. I, think, I think we're lagging out again, but that's okay. We'll just... We'll have to live with it. Seems like uh, Discord's yeah. ha- no, it's, kind it's of all taking good. a dump tonight. Uh, let's see. This comes from... Yeah, it's all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, who sent us this? I don't remember who sent this. I think this was from Armez Jackson as well. Uh, from the, Of course, from NintendoLife.com. Uh, Konami might have plans to outsource more classic IP following the Getsufumiden revival. Um, Konami is reportedly open to outsourcing more of the company's gaming brands in the future, following on from Guru Guru's announcement of Getsufumiden Undying Moon. The original game was released in 1987 as a Famicom exclusive. According to Konami's Shin Murado, who is also the producer of Undying Moon, there's more to come. Uh, he says, We are continually inspired by various indie titles and in how they innovate and produce exciting games. We felt that Getsufumiden would be an interesting IP to bring back uh, to follow the indie approach, and so we decided to contact Guru Guru, as we know the team well. Um, and although there probably won't be much information about these future projects anytime soon, uh, last month it was discovered that Konami had renewed trademarks for Castlevania and Metal Gear Rising in Japan. It's also apparently got some new projects to reveal in the coming months. Um, so how do you feel about uh, Konami possibly outsourcing uh, Castlevania games in the future. I mean, I don't think it would necessarily hurt. At this point, I'd kind of say why not. But I, I don't know. I, I find this actually to be a little surprising, if I'm being honest. Yeah. 
I don't I don't know. I I I just kind of going to wait and see because I I really want more Castlevania games and I I don't know if Konami is just not wanting to make their own games anymore, but either way, I I'd rather just have more Castlevania games to play. Agreed. And I I feel like if Konami would trust certain companies with their some of their most valuable properties, then I think that alone would put the faith in me to say, okay, well, these might actually be good games yeah. if that does happen. Yeah. Well, so I, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of take the wait and see approach. Yeah. I guess we'll see. <laughs> we'll, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Our last story, uh, this comes to us from IGN.com and Spoilers if you don't want to know this. This is the plot of Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the upcoming movie next year. Yeah. So just skip ahead a couple of minutes if you haven't read this and you don't want to know it. But uh, again, this comes to us from IGN.com. A plot synopsis for Sonic the Hedgehog 2 has surfaced online and it reveals Knuckles' involvement in the movie. Twitter user Ninja underscore Risu uncovered a copyright filing from Paramount Pictures and Sega for Sonic 2, which reveals a plot synopsis for the upcoming movie. It should be noted, however, that this information hasn't been officially released yet, which means there's a possibility that the narrative might have changed at some point during the sequel's development. But this is the official, syn well, not official synopsis, but the synopsis that was released. After settling in Green Hills, Sonic is ready for more freedom and Tom and Maddie agree to leave him home while they go on vacation. But no sooner are they gone when Dr. Robotnik comes back, this time with a new partner, Knuckles, in search for an emerald that has the power to both build and destroy civilizations. Sonic teams up with his own sidekick, Tails, and together they embark on a journey to find the emerald before it falls into the wrong hands. My thing is... It's not entirely surprising. Like, you know, the, the picture was leaked a few weeks back of the, the Sonic and Tails prop with a Knuckles one next to it. So yeah. I don't think it's really any huge surprise that he would be involved. It does sound like they're taking elements from Sonic 3 as far as Knuckles teaming up with Robotnik. And they kind of laid the foundation for that in the original movie with the echidnas chasing after Sonic when he was a kid. Yeah. What I think will probably happen is before Robotnik goes back to Earth, he will go to Sonic's homeworld and he will meet Knuckles and convince him that Sonic is a villain and basically like exiled him from Earth. The Knuckles will believe him and they will go back to Earth to try and take out Sonic. I'm actually really okay with this. Like, I, mm -hmm. I think it's a pretty good plot, and as long as Jim Carrey comes back and plays Dr. Robotnik with the same zeal that he did in the first movie, I'm, I'm going to be there opening night. Like, I'm actually excited for, for part two. And I, I think it might be even better because he'll be going full-on Robotnik. Because you saw at the yeah. end, whenever he shaved his head and had the giant mustache... Yeah. So I, I think he'll be... The plot in general sounds like it will be more like the games than the original movie was. Because it sounds to me like Tom and Maddie won't be in the movie that much. Yeah. Which I'm... Not, not to knock them, because I actually like their characters, but 
I I'm okay with it focusing more on Sonic versus Robotnik, or in this case, Sonic and Tails versus Robotnik and Knuckles. Yeah, well, we got you know the the whole first movie is that that kind of a like a road trip buddy movie, um, mm -hmm. and I like that 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 served that movie very well. And of course, we got to know Sonic, and we got to see you know Jim Carrey turn into Robotnik. So now we're like we're we're already settled into the fact that there's a blue hedgehog. If we've already seen his home world, you know the the and and we've seen Doctor Robotnik on the weird, uh, you know, mushroom planet, and we like we're in. So just give us all the craziness that you can give us that that you know that that comes with the Sonic games. Yeah, I, my only hope is that they don't try to introduce too many of the other characters. Like save. Metal Sonic maybe for the third movie. Save like Shadow maybe for the third movie. Save Amy for the third movie. I think this needs to focus purely on, as I mentioned, Sonic and Tails building their friendship, and then Robotnik and Knuckles. And then if if it does follow the game, then Knuckles is eventually going to figure out that Robotnik's the actual villain, and then yeah, he'll he'll side with with Sonic and Tails. I don't know if they'll do this, but in Sonic 3, Robotnik builds this huge machine called the Death Egg, hmm. which is basically a knockoff of the Death Star, so I don't know if they'll actually do it. <laughs> Why not? But if, but if, they, <laughs> if this movie ends with the Death Egg, it will be amazing. Like, I'm gonna, already going to geek out over this movie anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it should be fun. I also I got to give a shout out to to Wally for this. I don't know if you saw his Facebook question that he asked, like, which do you prefer more, Zelda or Sonic? And I, I even comment, I'm like, are you speaking directly to me, sir? <laughs> uh, I never saw that. I, I, I don't get on Facebook too much lately. I, I do want to give a huge shout out to Axeblade. Uh, in the chat room, uh, I didn't notice this, but you were showing uh, at the real big wall as your handle on uh, <laughs> on Twitch, so I had to switch oh, our. <laughs> I got it fixed now, so thanks, Axeblade. Yeah, yeah, don't uh, don't drag Wally's name through the mud like yeah. that by having my picture <laughs> next to his. Oh man, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for for the Sonic movie. I, I think you know, like the first one. I mean, I've talked in detail about how much I like that movie, and I think this one could be even better. Yeah, and Axeblade said he totally agrees with you on how they should do it. Don't oversaturate with too many characters. And, you know, I think adding Tails and Knuckles uh, is, you know, it, it. I expect that to be added uh, into the, the, you know, the ongoing story of the movie. And like I, like I said before, I mean, we're already into like the world that they've established like the, the all this exists so just give us all the craziness that that comes with Sonic and i know we talked about this a while back but i'm actually on board with Jason Momoa if he's <laughs> going to be the voice of Knuckles i think he would actually be really good yeah i'm okay with that yeah so yeah um i think that's going to do it for uh, the news this week and um, so we don't have any uh, history to go to. May is kind of a dry month for uh, retro gaming news, so we'll just um, go right into uh, our shout-outs, which uh, Derek is going to do right now. 
Yes, so as always, we'd like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Armez Jackson, Axeblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, a.k.a. Mixmaster, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Randy Bailey, Tyler Watson, Brandon Rutledge, Donner Party of Five, Justin Penny, Jason May, Matthew Salmon, and Justin Olson. Thank you guys so much for your continued contributions to the Nerd Cave Retro Show, for keeping the lights on for us, if you will. And if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community and get access to commentary tracks that we do, such as the Super Mario Brothers movie, Double Dragon, hopefully soon Mortal Kombat Annihilation. (laughs) (laughs) I still say if we made it through Double Dragon, we can make it through Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I can do it. I didn't say it would be easy, but either way, I if you want access to those and if you want to vote on certain show topics, then just head on over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. It's back to the 80s like never before. Things aren't all rainbows and shortcakes at the corner of Elm and E Streets. Molly Slater just wants to forget everything she can't remember and play heavy metal with her best friend in the garage. And maybe get a date for prom if he's not a total skis. But someone in this burb has been killing redheads, and Molly has the reddest hair of them all. When a night of babysitting gone wrong gets her in the crosshairs of the local gang scene, fabulous secrets are revealed to her. The hunted becomes the hunter as she prowls the darkness that has crept into her sleepy town. But a far more sinister force, something from another world, has other plans in store for her. Jukebox Hero by Jason Stewart will be available on Kindle and paperback wherever books are sold on April 30th. And tonight, Derek's going to be talking about... Clap your hands! jaunty music for uh, Donkey Konga. Man, if you had told me a year ago that one year from then I would be reviewing Donkey Konga <laughs> for the GameCube, I would have said you were crazy. Oh no, Axeblade so- says if we do Mortal Kombat Annihilation, he might have to revoke his Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to revoke doing this show at that point. I don't know if I can handle all right, you you guys have made your point. Then we we will not do Mortal Kombat Annihilation. We we can't lose X Plato Seven. Yeah, he's too much fun to have around. No. So I I got to give a little backstory as to why I'm reviewing this particular game. So for Mother's Day, I was at my parents' house, and I anytime I go over to my parents' house, I usually go to my old room and look to see if there's any movies that I might still have there, or games or whatever the case may be, just to bring home and be like, oh, I'll check this out. And so I'm going through my stuff, and for those who are watching the video version, I found these. <laughs> the Donkey Kong Bongo Controller, and yes. I said, you know what? I haven't played Donkey Konga since it came out in, what was it, 2003? Uh, 2000, yeah, it came out in North America September yep. of 2004. Hmm. So that that was I was right out of high school when that came out. So I was like, you know what? 
why not? I don't really know what my next review is going to be, so... And I haven't played, like, a music-themed game in a while. And those who might not know what Donkey Konga is, you know, Rock Band and Guitar Hero were really popular around that time. Like, if you owned a PlayStation or an Xbox, chances are you had one of those games. And they're, they're fun games to do, especially Rock Band, because you have your drums, you have your guitar, you have your microphones. You can get a group of people and, and play it. And this was Nintendo's answer to that. And I thought, okay, bongos are, is kind of an interesting ploy. And I just thought the controller was really cool. So, Because uh, there's actually a, a platformer called Donkey Kong Jungle Beat where you use the bongos as the controller. And that's really fun, too. And that, that'll be a game that I review in a future episode as well. But Donkey Konga was developed by Namco and published by Nintendo. And it's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> You play various songs with bongos, and it is so much fun. I forgot how much fun this game was. And believe it or not, there is actually a story element to this game, which I completely forgot about until I was watching the, the prologue or whatever. Because like I, I turned the game on, and then I had to leave the room, and then came back, and I saw this these cutscenes that were happening. So I was like, I don't remember these. Hmm. So the plot is Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong are hanging out at the beach one day when they come across some mysterious objects that resemble barrels. Fearing they had something to do with King K. Rule, they take them to Cranky Kong. Cranky explains there are bongos, so DK tries playing them. Diddy tries to do so as well. Then when DK claps, the bongos start glowing. Cranky explains that the bongos have some kind of power inside them, they continue to play the bongos, but they both play terribly. Cranky advises them to practice. At first, they are against this, but then they realize if they can become successful, they could afford as many bananas as they wish, so they start <laughs> practicing. And that's, that's about where the story ends. And the game has around 30 songs that, that you can play. And it they vary from Nintendo theme songs, like they have the Super Mario Brothers theme, uh, the DK rap from Donkey Kong 64, the Zelda theme. Um, do you remember back in the, around this time, early 2000s, do you remember the Kirby cartoon series? No. There was a Kirby cartoon series that aired on Fox, I believe, called Kirby Right Back At Ya. The theme song for that is on this game, and I forgot that that cartoon even existed. Really? I don't so, remember I, that at all. When I heard it, I was like, I have not heard this song since probably t like 2005. <laughs> it, it aired in the same block as, I think, Sonic X and the, the Ninja Turtles uh, reboot that happened. That, that reboot's actually pretty underrated, in my opinion. Um, yeah, Axeblade says my nephew had this game and the bongos. I never had or played it though. And he said he doesn't remember the Kirby series either. The series was okay. Like I, I wasn't like a huge fan of it. It was very, it was garnered towards young kids. Yeah. So it wasn't really my, my spiel, but I thought the fact that they actually did it was, was pretty cool. See, I've never played this game. Is there, you have to clap too. Yes, yeah, so um, I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but between the bongos is a little microphone. Oh, uh, I was wondering how they sensed that. 
Yeah, the sensor is actually very sensitive. Like I can just I can hit the bongo like on the edge and it'll mm-hmm. count as a clap. Okay. Yeah, so there there are other songs you can play as well, uh, more mainstream songs like Queens We Will Rock You is on there, uh Shining Star. Uh my favorite one to play is Rock Lobster by the B-52s. Because <laughs> it's such a stupid song, but I'm like, as soon as like, you scroll through it and it plays like a sample of the song. Yeah. And and I, I get to Rock Lobster and you hear that down, 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 down. So I'm like, okay, why not? So <laughs> I'm playing it and then my fiance walks in and she's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I should have had her shoot video as like a little preview for this review because it uh, was You should have put that up on Instagram. Oh I to say that like so there are three different difficulties. There's essentially easy, medium, and hard. There's chimp, I believe, is the easy difficulty. Then um gorilla, I think, is the second one. And I can't remember what the third one is. Or it might be monkey chip gorilla. I can't remember off the top of my head. But the the level of difficulty between easy and medium is quite drastic. Really? So, for example, when you're playing the Zelda song, or the, the theme from Zelda, you're like, boom, 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 or like, boom. Dun. And you hear the song in the background, but you just, every now and then you might hit a, you know, the left or the right, and you might have to clap. But when you go to medium, it's like, dun, 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 dun. And like you have to hit it really <laughs> fast, and I'm just like... Oh my god, I'm not nearly coordinated enough for this anymore. (laughs) But this honestly is... It's a very gimmicky game, which is clear from the controller, but honestly, it's a lot of fun. Like, I I like musical-based games. I don't play them that often. But they are fun whenever you get the chance to play them. Exploit said... um... Sega did something similar called uh, Samba de Amigo with the Maracas, and it said Sega and Nintendo should have had a crossover. Opportunity missed. I never heard of that. Yeah, I don't remember that. I have to look that up after we're done. Yeah. But I I never played the second one, and there was a third Donkey Konga that was released only in Japan. But this... I feel like it's one of those like forgotten gems of the GameCube because it, it's it's so different. But I mean, than is this, any other game? Is this really something you're gonna play often? <laughs> I mean, it, it's a uh, cool novelty to have and pull out at like parties and stuff. But yeah, like this isn't a game that I'm just gonna like. I'm not gonna play this over the weekend. Yeah, or anything like that. But. I don't regret going back and revisiting it. And I think it's something that, like, if you're a collector of GameCube accessories Mm -hmm. and just of the GameCube system, I definitely think that you should get it because the controller is actually really cool. And it's used for multiple games, like Donkey Konga 1 and 2, as well as Jungle Beat. Mm -hmm. Again, it was a gimmick, but even Jungle Beat it worked with using the the bongos as the controller so it's 
it's fun to have. And like you said, if you have a group of people over you, you'd be like, oh, you know, check this out. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you guys ever remember this, but for what it is, it's honestly not a terrible game. Like, I wouldn't put it above, like, a Guitar Hero or a Rock Band. But it's it's pretty cool. Like, I, I will admit it, it, it is pretty cool. Like, if you're just a casual gamer, you're probably not going to buy it. But if you're a collector, I, I'd get it mostly for the controller. Because it is a cool little display item. And I was honestly shocked that I still even had it. Because I haven't thought about Donkey Konga since the mid 2000s right after it came out yeah yeah i but, don't know um, if you can play this on the wii Axeblade asked if if you could play this on the wii uh because he doesn't have a gamecube i don't know i don't remember there, there are gamecube controller ports on the wii let me look that up real quick because i'm actually curious about that myself donkey konga wii Da, da, da. Does Donkey Konga work on Wii? Uh, the bongos are compatible with Wii software that can use a Nintendo GameCube controller. Huh. Yeah, because okay. it, it, it plugs into the GameCube just like a traditional controller. And the Wii does play GameCube games. So, hmm. yeah, I, I would definitely look around for it. I don't know what the bongos go for. Because I, I haven't even really seen them in retro gaming stores anywhere. I'm going to look that up real quick on eBay. Yeah. But um, to go through the the reception of the game real quick, uh, Donkey Konga received generally favorable... Re oh, uh, something happened. Uh, hold on. Uh, let me change... Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, now I can hear you. Okay, cool. Oh, Discord's fighting us tonight. I know. Um, uh, bongos aren't that expensive. You can buy uh, <laughs> Donkey Konga um, with bongos tested, pre-owned, $31.95. Buy it now. On That's really uh, not that bad. I was expecting maybe like 60 or 70 and here's one with Jungle Beat and Donkey Konga with the bongos tested, sixty nine ninety five. So yes, yeah, not that expensive. Um, yeah, they're, they're, it's not that expensive to find these. No, but uh, yeah, I was saying Maxim gave the game a score of eight out of ten and said that four bongos should be added to create a frenzied, unholy, suitable for ritual <laughs> virgin sacrifice. <laughs> I like that, that might be the best review I've ever heard. I like the New yeah. York Times where it says, gave it a mixed review and said, before you buy Conga, try clapping along with every song on the radio for half an hour and see how you feel at the end. The clapping's not that bad. <laughs> it, it is, well, it is on certain songs, but there are others where the clapping's virtually non-existent. But let's see, Metacritic gave it 76 out of 100. Electronic Gaming Monthly gave it 7.5 out of 10. Game Informer 7, IGN 8.5 out of 10. Hmm. That seems very generous. Uh, Nintendo Life, which might as well be a sponsor of the show at this point, uh, gave it hmm. 8 out of 10 stars. Nintendo Power 4.2 out of 5. So 
it received general generally favorable reviews and I will agree with that statement. Like, I, I do like this game. Would I put it in, like, the eight-and-a-half category? Probably not. But I think it's one of those that if you own a GameCube and now hearing the price of the bongos along with the game, I think it's worth getting because I think it's a good way to spend, a, like, an hour or a couple of hours. Yeah. In this game, and the the controller makes for a cool display item. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's a good conversation starter. Those bongos, yeah. you see those, and you, and anybody who doesn't know what those are, like, what the hell is that for? They're like, yeah. oh, well, let me show you Donkey Konga. Well, the cool thing is too, and this this almost drove me nuts when this happened. So you can buy different items and songs and sound effects in the what's called the DK Arcade. Mm -hmm. So you can buy sound effects from different games. One of those being Zelda. <laughs> and you know the sound that Young Link makes whenever you do like the spin attack, how he does that high-pitched scream? Yeah. <laughs> whenever you hit the bongos really fast, that happens <laughs> if you equip the Zelda sound effects. I was about 10 seconds into a song and I paused it and said, nope. <laughs> I'm restarting this and I'm giving it the traditional bongo sound effect. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but there there are some cool ones too. They have like NES, they have Mario, um they have like sci-fi sound effects too, so it, it it adds enough to where you can have like fun little moments. Yeah. Like that I I think if this game were released today, there would be way more songs because oh, yeah. it's it's the same list of, like, 30-ish, but they're just in different difficulty. I just don't think uh, Nintendo would want to uh, license out any music. Like, I don't see yeah. this ever happening again. Nintendo's too I'm, tight with their money. That's why I was a little surprised that this happened in the first place. Yeah, I know. But I, I never played the second one. I'd be very curious to see what songs they have on it, because it says here... Uh, the first two games have around 30 tracks each. And then Donkey Konga 3 had closer to 60. Wow. Yeah, they, they actually... Donkey Konga 2 came out less than a year after the first one. It was released in North America September of 2004, and then Konga 2 came out May of 2005. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what would be on Donkey Konga 3, because it was a Japan-only release. Yeah, there's there's no telling. But this, uh, as much as I liked Donkey Konga, and I, I'd say number-wise, I'd give it probably, I'd say six and a half would be about it for me. Like, it, it's it's a fun, solid game for what it is. Yeah. But playing this made me want to play Jungle Beat yeah. because it's more like a traditional Donkey Kong platformer, so... I'll have to be on the hunt for a copy of it. I haven't been to the video game trading post here in, in quite a while, so I, I might go by there this weekend to see if they uh, if they have a copy and then yeah. review that. It probably won't be my next review, but it, it will be one that I do fairly soon whenever I have it. Yeah, this just doesn't seem like something that I would really play. <laughs> yeah. It'd be something it's, like if I came over to your house, it'd be like, let's play Donkey Konga for a little while. Like, I, I would do that, but I don't know. I don't, we'd have, not really my thing. We'd have to live stream it. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh man, but yeah, it's. I, I had fun going back and playing it for for the little while that I did. Yeah, Axblade brought up a good uh, point about um, kind of off topic, but um, with uh, new modern controllers with full haptic feedback, like we could get like new fishing games. Like, they make you feel like you're really casting and reeling, like the old Sega Bass fishing games. Like, I think that would be kind of cool. I used to love fishing games. Like, they were kind of relaxing. If I remember right, in Twilight Princess for the Wii, you can use the remote as a fishing pole. Yeah. Because you could use, like, the, the remote was your pole, and then the nunchuck was, like, your reel. Yeah, I remember that. I funny enough, I think the fishing aspect of Zelda is one of the like it's not really talked about, but it's actually pretty fun, especially in Ocarina of Time when you try and catch that that big ass fish. Yeah, <laughs> where you get like the gold scale where you can just like practically stay underwater forever. Yeah, I think the next iteration of uh of video game stuff is definitely going to be controllers with with more haptic feedback. Because you look at how good the you know the rumble controllers and stuff are now, uh, and you see what uh, I, I think Nintendo like really like they hit it out of the park with the Wii. But imagine if you had like a golf game where it actually feels like you're hitting a golf ball or things like like that. Like I think that would be awesome. One step closer to living in a virtual reality world. The closest we got to that was Wii Sports. Yeah. Because, like, you, you do, like, the tennis and you, you know, hit, like, you swing your remote like an actual tennis racket. Or if you're playing baseball or, you know, golf was one, too. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I think that'd be great. I'd be all for that. I think that might be the next logical step in gaming. So, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo, send your, your checks to yeah. the Nerd Camp Retro <laughs> Podcast. So that's, uh, I think that's going to do it for this week. Um, we got anything we need to let everybody know about before we leave this week? Well, I mentioned it at the top of the show. Uh, for next week's Nerd Cave Retro, you'll hear our panel from Pensacon. Uh, you'll get to see both the audio, uh, you'll get to hear the audio version on you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. But I also brought my video camera to film it, so... Uh, you'll get the video version on YouTube as well. And same thing with uh, Defending Bad Movies 3D. That will be on next week's episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. Uh, that'll be out on YouTube and all podcasting platforms as well. Yep, I'm just looking forward to uh, next week and uh, listening back to the uh, the panel. Because uh, yeah. I haven't heard back, on, I haven't listened back to it because uh, you still have the file. So <laughs> I'm interested yeah. to go back and see how it, how it went. Yeah, I'm going to probably edit everything over the weekend, and then I'll um, I'll send it over to you whenever it's done. Okay. Well, um, I think that's going to just about do it. Anything else you want to throw out there? Anything uh, with the Derek Diamond experience? I know this week I listed a top five live-action TV characters, so that was a, a fun list to do, especially oh, my I did have two highlights from, from Pensacon, other than the panels. I got to meet George Went who played Norm in Cheers and who is spoiler, my favorite TV character of all time. <laughs> and then I also got to meet, uh, the Carbonell's Nestor who, who was in lost, uh, Bates motel, the dark Knight trilogy. 
Uh, him and his wife were there, and they were just as nice as they were whenever I interviewed them. So was, meeting them in person was really cool. He was Batman well on the, Batman uh, the, well. Tick, the Tick series. Yeah. I saw him in that costume, and it was <laughs> hilarious. It's awesome. But yeah, it was those those two meetings, and then the 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 panels were the highlight of Pensacon for me. Um, yeah, and um, for last week's open micers, if you haven't heard it yet, uh, we had comedian Sean Patton on, and he's going to be coming down to do a bunch of shows here on the Gulf Coast. Uh, he's based out of New York, so uh, if you guys want to see him, go uh, go to Mister Sean Patton or Me Sean Patton and uh, you can get your tickets. Uh, if you're along here along the Gulf Coast and you want to go see him, he'll be, uh, of course, in uh, New Orleans, Mississippi, uh, Mobile, Pensacola. Yeah, There are plenty of chances to see him while he's down here. So go check out that episode of uh, Open Micers at Open Micers on Twitter. So, Derek, I think that's it for this week. Is that it? Is that all? I believe I think that's it. Is that all we have? That's it. I'm Batman Well. <laughs> let's get out of here um if you'd like to email us you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com we are at uh facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro we're on instagram and twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jpunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond go buy some merch at ncrmerch.com i think there's a sale going on right now uh go check it out and if if not, uh, go throw us a couple bucks on Patreon. Help keep the lights on here. Patreon.com slash Retro, where if we stay above the $50 level, we do the commentary tracks every single month for you. And if you can't do that, I understand. Times are tough. Go leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about. Wow. Wow.